The Holy Gospel according to St. John, the 14th chapter. Philip said to Jesus, Lord, show us the Father and we will be satisfied. Jesus said to him, Have I been with you all this time, Philip, and you, do not, and you still do not know me? Whoever has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Do you not believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? The words that I say to you I do not speak on my own, but the Father who dwells in me does his works. Believe me that I am in the Father and the Father is in me, but if you do not, then believe me because of the works themselves. Very truly I tell you, the one who believes in me will also do the works that I do, and in fact will do greater works than these because I am going to the Father. I will do whatever you ask in my name so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If in my name you ask me for anything, I will do it. If you love the Father, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. And I will ask the Father and he will, be given, and he will give you another advocate to be with you forever. This is the Spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him. Because he abides with you and he will be in you. I have said these things to you while I am still with you. But the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you everything and remind you of all that I have said to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled. And do not let them be afraid. The Gospel of the Lord. You may be seated, and the children may come forward for a children's sermon. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? Good. It's good to be with you again. I missed you guys. So, do you guys know what today is called? Yes. Pentecost. 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 What do we celebrate on Pentecost? Gabriel. The birth of the church. That is a fantastic answer. The birth of the church. Yes. Did you know that we didn't always uh, gather together on Sundays to celebrate Jesus and uh, to encounter God? But after Pentecost, we began that practice a long, long time ago, thousands of years ago. Excellent. What else are we celebrating today? Yeah. Uh, Nathaniel? Yeah, Nathaniel. He's being confirmed. Does anybody know what it means to uh, be confirmed or confirm your faith? Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Yeah, yeah. We take our faith, the one that was given to us when we were wee little, even smaller than Claire. When we were baptized, we had our faith given to us by God. It was a gift for us. And did we do anything for that gift? 
No, we did nothing. God just gives it to us. God gives us faith and we grow up and slowly we start following God, walking in God's footsteps, doing what God did. That's what it means to stand up and confirm your faith, to say, I'm going to start following God too. Let me ask you guys something. Have you ever learned a new language? No. Some? A little bit? What languages do you guys know? Yeah. Japanese. Japanese. Ooh. Can you say something? Letters? Wow. Sounded good. <laughs> what, what did you say? Wow. That's really cool. I don't, I know no Chinese, or Japanese. I know no Japanese. Uh, Michael, what do you know? I did, uh, I did try to learn some Italian. Ooh, Italian. Do you know, do you remember any of it? I can't, I can't remember very much, but. That's okay. That goes with languages too. You forget as much as you learn. Amanda, one more. What do you know? Spanish. Can you, do you know any words in Spanish? What do you know? Ooh, say hello, how are you? Ooh, that was very nice. Very nice. Do you guys know that I know Greek? I can read it very slowly. I can't really say anything. I can say some stuff, but it doesn't really make sense. <laughs> but, yes, Cooper, do you have one? Ooh, that was very nice. Where did you learn that? Mimi. Mimi. Mimi's very smart, isn't she? Yeah. <laughs> so I will tell you, I'll tell you what. I want you guys to know that even if you only know English right now, growing up in your faith, standing up and saying that I'm going to do, can everybody look at my nose? There you go. Standing up and saying I'm going to follow Jesus, just like Nathaniel's doing today, it's kind of like learning a new language. Because right now, we kind of express how we follow Jesus in one way. And when we get to Nathaniel's age, we have all these new words and all these new experiences. And it's like having a whole different language. And when we get to Mr. Vranich's age, we have even more languages and more experiences. And, and when we get as old as Methuselah, I'm not going to pick anyone in the congregation, when we get as old... <laughs> As some of the oldest people we know, we have even more language, even more experience. And so the, say, the way that you talk about Jesus right now might change over time. The way that you express who God is will change over time. But that's a good thing. That's a good thing. That's part of your work as disciples. So on Pentecost, when we celebrate what Nathaniel's doing and when we celebrate the birth of the church, as Gabriel so eloquently put it, we also celebrate the way that God teaches us new language to talk about God. I'm going to teach you a new word today, okay? Can everybody look at my nose? I want you to repeat after me. Theophilus. 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 All right. Theophilus is the name of a person, or maybe kind of a stereotypical every person, but it's the name of a person... And their name means two things. Theo, or Theos, means God. And Philo, or Philos, means love. So one who loves God. 
Theophilus, one who loves God. The text that we're talking about today is written as a letter to someone who loves God. Do you love God? You guys are a Theophilus as well. One who loves God. New word. What I want you to do this next week, care about looking at my nose just one more time. Next week, I want you to figure out new words for describing God. And I want you to come back next week and we're going to talk about them, okay? Can you think of some new words? If you don't know any new words, ask your parents and they'll help you out, okay? All right. We're going to pray. God, we give you thanks. We give you thanks for helping us grow each and every day into new people, into different people, into people who talk about you in different ways. As we grow and as we learn new things, we ask that you would teach us more about you as well. That over time, from as young as we are to as old as we get, we might learn more and more about you each day. In your name we pray. Amen. the name of Jesus. Amen. Here on this Pentecost Sunday, we do celebrate the birth of the church, the birth of our own experience of God with the Advocate, with the Holy Spirit. We also celebrate confirmation. And we remember ourselves, our own, confirma- our own confirmations, the study that we went through over time when we were young adults. We all have different experiences of that, don't we? Even if we didn't go through a formal confirmation, a lot of us went through Sunday school or a lot of us went through kind of a a home church with our families. A lot of us went through some kind of formalized instruction and all those looked different. As Nathaniel can tell you, there was some memorizing of things, but they weren't like structured memorizing. We memorized themes that happened in the Old Testament. We memorized themes that happened in the New Testament. We memorized the Lord's Prayer, because that's a good one to know, but we also memorized the things that we learn in the small catechism that tell us what we are to do in our lives, what the answer is to every one of Luther's questions. Whenever Luther, Martin Luther asks in the small catechism, anything, whether it's about the Ten Commandments, whether it's about uh, communion, whether it's about baptism, whether it's about... Uh, the Apostles' Creed, whether it's about prayer, whether it's about work, whether it's about life. The first answer is that we're to fear and love God. That's the answer that we memorize. Everything else kind of falls from that. We are to fear and love God. Nathaniel's confirmation wasn't quite like mine, though. I had to memorize a few more things. I remember that I had to memorize the Apostles' Creed, I remember that I had to memorize the Lord's Prayer. I had to memorize the books of the Bible in order, and roughly 75% of those stuck. I remember that I had to memorize uh, different parts, uh, different verses. 
I remember I had to do that. And I also remember having to memorize things that I no longer remember what they are. But I remember memorizing more than just that. I've heard of uh, other parts of us that had to memorize even more. The whole catechism in some cases. I remember uh, people have told me about having to memorize entire pieces of scripture. I heard one person that had to memorize different parts of the books of the Bible and then without being prompted, be able to tell you where that came from in the Bible. Now, that's some hard confirmation stuff right there. But no matter what we had to memorize and no matter what it was in that moment of confirmation when you stood up and confessed your faith, whether that was in the Lutheran church or some other church or just kind of as you did it throughout life, it wasn't about what you memorized, was it? It was about the faith that had been given to you long before you even knew what it was, and it was about how you were going to use that faith in daily life. The purpose of memorizing all those things wasn't just because everybody else had to. It was for the purpose of living out your faith as God has given it to you, as best you know how, with the movement of the Holy Spirit in this world. For me, I think the first text that we read today, that stereotypical one that we hear at every Pentecost, tells us a lot about a confirmation that doesn't end on this day for us, but begins a process of confirming our faith every day. I think it's funny, the text that we read, that first text in Acts, the second chapter, because for some reason, the church has decided it's a good idea to celebrate a miraculous experience of everybody hearing in their own language by reading a bunch of places that we don't know how to pronounce. I think it's, I think it's very funny that we've decided to do that. But even in light of that, I think it's an experience all of us are a little bit jealous of. Imagine being able to experience something like that where a powerful message is spoken into a group of people and we all believe it differently and at the same time in the same way. We all experience God together. How many times have we prayed for that for our churches and for our communities? It's a miraculous and marvelous thing that also seems foreign to us. But I think it's more about seeing discipleship in an instant. I think the story that we have before us today where the Spirit comes down, there's tongues of fire, and we each hear in our own voice, and at the same time we hear many different tongues. I think it's about seeing discipleship in an instant. Because the tongues that we learn happen over time, over daily experiences of confirming our faith. I had one friend in seminary who uh, was taking Greek with me and he was doing rather poorly. And so he decided uh, that studying was kind of out of the question, so he would simply pray for a Pentecost moment from 9 a.m. till 12 p.m. <laughs> during the day of his final. And uh, it didn't happen. <laughs> he did very poorly on that Greek test. But I think it's because we're not exactly expecting a Pentecost moment. I think Pentecost happens over time. 
the way that you confessed at your confirmation what your faith was, whether it was structured or whether it was personal or anything else, the way that, the way that you expressed your faith as a youth is not the way, probably, that you would express your faith now. You've changed over time. You've changed in experience. You've changed in the face of God and inside yourself. And in light of those changes, you use different words. You use different experiences. You use different stories to express who God is and who you are and what that means in the world. It might not seem like it right now because... It's hard to tell when these things take place solely, but if you look all the way back to your own confirmations, you will see that indeed you have been given a new tongue, a different tongue to express who God is. And you have heard who God is in different ways over the course of that time. As you grow older, you will again be given different tongues. Repeatedly. Just as on the day of Pentecost. The day of Pentecost is not exactly a cookie cutter for what we should be experiencing. It is our discipleship in an instant. Nathaniel, you have been doing a ton of work over the course of the past two years. And your specific gift of language that you've shared with us is a mark of the Holy Spirit that I find very similar to my own. We have common interests. I think you're the only kid your age that enjoys the NCIS show. (laughs) But at the same... And so do I. And Kristen will roll her eyes at me for watching it from time to time. But you also enjoy drumming and you enjoy being a part of the Boy Scouts and you enjoy being a part of groups. You enjoy that team atmosphere where you work together alongside one another and create new and cool things. You enjoy building things. You enjoy learning more about things. And those are things that I see inside myself too and we've connected on that. But at the same time, you being a unique version of you have expressed to me a new point of God. Just like on the day of Pentecost, where we all heard in our own tongues who God is, but at the same time we experienced everybody else, everybody else's tongues too. In the moments that we've shared together in confirmation, I've heard in your tongue who God is, and I've learned more about God. Specifically, that God is one who comes to us gently and forcefully at the same time. Your voice is a very gentle voice. Whenever I speak to you, I mean, it's not just quiet, you know, but it's a very gentle voice. And at the same time, whenever I speak with you, I can tell the work that you've done to think about who God is in this world. It's not, you very rarely give like textbook answers, you know, instead of using the Sunday school answer of Jesus just every time we ask a question, you have a thoughtful answer every time. You have a specific gift that God has given you to be able to find interest in, to be able to find work and joyful work in the pondering of what the church is and what the church could be, what it means for your life and for ours. And you've done very well with that. It's taught me to appreciate that more too. If there's any question in you, if there's any question in anyone else, 
if your gifts are valuable, if your gifts are wanted in this kingdom, whether your gifts are just some of many, every individual I talk with in this confirmation class, every individual I've had the pleasure of teaching with in this confirmation class has taught me a little bit more about God, has used their tongue in their own way, in their own Pentecost moment, to tell me who the God is that I need to preach about, who the God is that I need to lead us towards. The confirmation moment is about standing up, publicly confessing the God who's already active in our lives, who's already been bearing fruit long before we knew it. On this Pentecost Sunday and on this Confirmation Sunday, I invite you to look back before at how your language of God has changed over time. I invite you to look at the present now, about our community here at Trinity, about the community wider here in Upper Adams, about the whole world, and see what your voice has to say. And then in word and deed, go say it. Tell it to me. Tell it to the person next to you. Tell it to the friend or neighbor on the street. Tell it to those in relationship with you who have a different voice than you do. But also indeed, also in the work that you do, whether it's in the Boy Scouts, whether it's in any other number of things that you're doing, Nathaniel, whether it's in here in your membership at Trinity or your jobs or your work or anything else that you're a part of, do it indeed as well. For those who believe in Christ will do the works and even greater works than these because Christ is going to his Father in heaven. The works of Christ are the works of our hands now. The Pentecost moment in the Spirit is to give us language over time. It's our joy and responsibility to be disciples in this place. Thanks be to God for the calling of discipleship. Thanks be to God for the language that I hear. Thanks be to God for the way that over time, Pentecost happens in each of our lives. Amen.